Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business Debate. My name is Michael Kitson, I'm an economist at Judge Business School in Cambridge. In this series we debate and discuss topical issues of business and management. In today's podcast we are discussing the Brazilian economy and Brazilian business. We are in Sao Paulo with the Cambridge 2008-18 EMBAs who are here studying international business. In this podcast we are discussing the opportunities and challenges for businesses in the Brazilian economy. Joining me today are Daniel Picardo, who's head of loyalty program at Azul Airlines, which is a major airline in Brazil. Daniel has substantial experience in business in Brazil and as an MBA from FGV. Also joining us here from Sao Paulo is Guy Ferrer, who's co-founder and chief financial officer at Grin Scooters. Uh, Grin Scooters is an electronic um, scoot, scooting company that um, we see in many parts of Latin America, including Sao Paulo. Um, Guy is a graduate of the Wharton Business School and is a serial entrepreneur. And also in joining me is my colleague from Cambridge, Dr. Joachim Crunzen, who is a university lecturer in international business. So welcome to the three guests today for this podcast. Um, perhaps we could just kick off with a really general question. Um, what's your view of the state of the Brazilian economy at the moment? Um, Guy? First of all, thanks for, for the invitation to be here. It's really an honor. I wish I could be there with you guys. I love the university climate. But, uh, but I'm very passionate about what we are going to talk here. So talking about the Brazilian economy, I think we are living a very good moment, especially for what I'm doing. Like, inter Being an entrepreneur in Brazil has never been easy, but we are in a very good moment. I think there's a lot of doubts about the new president, but so far I think has been good. And uh, we are receiving a lot of investments. I don't know if you guys heard, but SoftBank is investing $5 billion on the region, and most of it is going to come to Brazil. So I think the moment is really good. I'm very optimistic. I don't want to leave the region. I had many opportunities to, to go to the countries, but I think right now that's the place to be. So. Guy, perhaps you just explain what, what green scooters do. In fact, it's not green anymore. It's Grow. Okay. Uh, we just merged with another player in Brazil uh, called Yellow. If you guys move around, you're going to see a lot of green scooters and yellow bikes, yellow scooters. So basically, we are a micro-mobility company. Micro-mobility is for short distance. We are by far the largest player in the region. We are number three in the world. And basically what we do, yeah, is micromobility. You download the app, and if you see our scooters, our bike, now our electric bikes, we're launching mopeds, you just use the app to unlock it and to move for short distance. Up to two kilometers is our focus. Daniel, yeah. Daniel, you're, you're uh, head of loyalty program at Azul Airlines, a major, major business here. Uh, how's the economy for you? Yes, uh, good night for everybody. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, I'm working for, for loyalty uh, industry uh, since 2009, when I did the IPO of uh, uh, Multiplus. Multiplus is the coalition program in Brazil, of Latin loyalty program. And then uh, Azul is not the biggest one, but is the, the third one in Brazil. Uh, I think that the, the moment of uh, Brazilian economy uh, I agree with Guilherme. It's, I think that the government, the new president, they are learning 
how to be a president, how to be a government. But uh, I think that uh, it's a good moment for, for doing business in Brazil. Uh, for big companies like, uh, like uh, airline companies or, or other big companies. Uh, and uh, for the, the small companies for, for entrepreneurs and uh, new business in Brazil. Joachim. Yeah, could I just ask, could you talk about what was potentially lacking before that you see now getting stronger and better? Yeah, I'm going to talk about, I'm sorry, about mm -hmm. my sector. In terms of to be an entrepreneur, for example, my previous company was really hard. Five years ago to raise capital to do entrepreneurship in Brazil was really hard. It was like just two or three funds. There were no outside investors, like just very few. And now, for example, if you want to raise money, there, there's competition. Like, if you're a good entrepreneur, if you have a good track record, people will compete for you. This is like unimaginable, un unimaginable a, few, a few years ago. So investment, all the ecosystem, not just investment, but like every type of providers you have, uh, companies from US come to Brazil, companies from Brazil go into other countries. So this dynamic, five years ago, it was non-existent. So it's changing for better. Guy, can I just push you on that? Is that ecosystem a Brazilian ecosystem, or is that a Sao Paulo ecosystem, or are there, are there differences within the country? It's a very big country. Yeah, it's a Latam ecosystem. If you look at the numbers, Mexico is also very strong. Now we have Colombia also becoming a player. But in Brazil, it's Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is the hub. Sao Paulo is the place to be. I'm not from Sao Paulo. I'm from Rio. I love Rio. If you guys have a chance to visit, it's beautiful. But to do business, that's the place to be. So Sao Paulo is the hub for the economy. So but, just tell, tell us the differences then between, between Sao Paulo and, and Rio and doing, doing business in them too. It's a, different, it's a different culture. If you guys go to Rio for fun, it's amazing. <laughs> if you guys do business with people from Rio, it's harder. We, we used to say that the people from Rio who take life seriously, they came to Sao Paulo, right? They <laughs> tried to do business in Sao Paulo. Don't tell them that I said it, okay? But it's true. Daniel. I, I, I will complete. Uh, be, uh, Brazil is uh, it's, uh, it's an enormous country, and uh, the, the different regions are completely different. And for Azua, an airline company, it's quite complicated to negotiate with uh, the, the governments of the states in Brazil. We have uh, 26 states in Brazil, uh, 27 because the DC of Brazil, Brasilia. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's quite complicated to negotiate with the cities to establish uh, an airport and with the government because the sales tax, the government of the state and uh, the federal uh, government uh, quite complicated because the the sales taxes it's enormous i mean uh, some banks are paying 45 percent in terms of uh, ir and cs uh, income ta income tax and in our case is 34 percent so it's it's a huge welcome so, so for azul airlines you're not looking for venture capital anymore so why are you optimistic what what is changing for that is making Azul more optimistic about the Brazilian economy? Because the last two or three years, we, we was in um, bankruptcy, something like that. <laughs> and now we are in the, we are starting to, to, to increase again, but step by step, 1%, 1.5, it's, it's not good, 
for 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 this this country, but uh, it's enough to to make new business here. We we believe that. Uh, we are bringing some aircrafts. We are changing the the, the small aircraft, the the regional jets, for for uh, an Airbus A320, 2018, A19. But uh, because these the cities are developing, are increasing, so we are sending some larger uh, aircrafts to this to the cities. Daniel and Guy, you, you both seem to be very optimistic about the, the opportunities of doing business in, in, in Brazil uh, and there are You need to be smart, yeah. You need to be smart, well, yeah, we all need to be smart, and, uh, but uh, what are the challenges of doing business in Brazil? Key. Yeah, from an entrepreneur perspective is, as he was saying, taxes, it's taxes in Brazil are insane. Uh, you One. need to do another MBA program it's to understand the Brazilian taxes. And not a two-year yeah. MBA, 10-year MBA yes. minimum to understand what's going on in terms of I'm taxes. Trying. <laughs> and the whole bureaucracy is not just taxes, but, for example, we are opening very countries across LATAM. Except for Argentina, Brazil, like if you want to start a company, like just things that in the U.S. you do online. I don't know how is it in U.K., but in Brazil, like it takes at least 45 days. In our case, it took almost three months because my partner was living outside Brazil, so there was another bureaucracy. So this, the public system in Brazil, if you are an entrepreneur, is challenging. <laughs> That's why we say that Brazil is not for amateurs, because if you come from a developed country and you want to do business in Brazil, you're going to feel like such a huge difference in terms of the, how the public sector treats you. And for example, in, in, in my case, like, and Daniel as well, like, we generate hundreds of jobs. In their case, like, thousands of jobs. Like, we are the one who moves the economy. So the government should be very supportive for what we do because we pay taxes for them as well. But it's like the opposite. Like, I feel that I'm the evil guy, <laughs> that I'm doing something wrong. And this is very challenging. Does the government help you in any way? Is there any government policies that you think that's really helping us to become more innovative and entrepreneurial? No. Is that, is that a testing question? <laughs> Some of the things, they don't create so many difficulties, which for me, like, it's more than enough, but something like some kind of incentives or like, no, zero. Zero. Okay. Zero, in my case. Daniel? It's, it's, it's tough. They, they are not giving, the, how can I say, it's a, Discounts in taxes or something like that. Then the not incentives for the for the industry. Can we can we just sort of this? I know you said it's very complicated, but is the tax issue that taxes are too high, or is it issue that they're too volatile, too variable, too complex? It, yeah, yeah, it's complexity and and it's too high. They are not converting these taxes for the public. For the industry or for the people that live here in Brazil? Yeah, the problem is that we have to pay for everything twice. Like, we pay a lot of taxes. Like, on average, it's like more than 30% that the companies pay for the government. But, for example, in my company, we, we have a lot of scooters that people try to steal. So we have to spend on top of the 30% that we pay for the government that they should be taking care of the scooters with the, the, the public the public uh, service should be taken care of, like the police should be taken care of. We have to pay 
private people to do their job. Like, and this happened with the companies, this happened with my personal life. Like, we, I pay a lot of taxes on my own, but if you look at the health system, you need a private uh, insur health insurance. Like everything you pay twice, you pay a lot so of taxes plus. You pay school for the kids. So you're, you're, compensa quality. you're compensating for things that are lacking here on the public side because you want to run a company. That's exactly. what you're saying. Yes. So, so what could the public sector do to help you help your business? I mean, if, if you, what, what policies would you want to see them enact to help support you? Key. In my case, like, I just want to make sure, like, and in Sao Paulo we are having a, a very good relationship because there are some mayors, for example, the mayor of Florianópolis, the mayor of Sao Paulo, they are, they look forward. They know that like what we are doing is They have a plan, they five have years plan, plan something exactly, like that. But they're an exception. Mm. For example, in Sao Paulo is great. They have a plan, they know the role that micromobility plays like to take our cars off the street. So they don't give like tax incentives, but they have a plan like on how we should operate without they bothering us on a daily basis, which happen in many cities. Daniel? Yes. For, for it's, it's the same for us. I think that um, they could help us uh, with, uh, how, like I said, five years plan. Some uh, poli politicians uh, use the, the plan for the next five years and ten years for the, the airline industry. Because the Azul is the only one that is doing uh, a regional, uh, uh, using regional jets. Uh, we have um, more than 110 air, uh, airports. Uh, Latin is the biggest one, used just uh, 60 air, uh, airports. So uh, we are trying to develop the small cities in the Amazon. Uh, region and central est like uh, near Brasilia, but uh, I think that is complicated to to negotiate with the mayors or the government. Could you tell us some of the the differences about operating in different countries in Latin America? Because certainly, for many of us coming from perhaps Europe or other parts of the world, we tend to lump Latin America together, we lump Asia together, we lump Africa together, but there's lots of variations within these big continents. I mean, what's the differences between operating in different countries uh, within Latin America? Now, this is a great question. We were talking about this earlier. The biggest mistake that people from outside the region make is to put Latam in a box, like everything is the same. And Brazil is a separate country a separate continent, not just in terms of language, but in terms of culture, in terms of the way you do business. And even the countries outside Brazil, if you compare, for example, Peru and Chile, it's like the opposite. For example, in Chile, we are have, is the country that we are having a hard time because the regulation is so strict, the government, like, they are very strict with the way you should do things. And in Peru, you can do whatever you want. If you go to Peru, you, you order an Uber, and it comes a cab. It happened to me many times. Like, it's the only country that like, I feel that you can do whatever you want there. So it's very different. And for, uh, I'm having a lot of fun because to go to the countries and understand the dynamics and learn like, how they're different from each other is super exciting. And every country is, is a continent by itself. It's very complex, the continent on, on a whole. Can you just elaborate a little bit about what's unique about your Brazilian operation to make it fit the unique features of the Brazilian environment? Yeah. 
in terms of Brazil, what's more complex is that inside Brazil, as Daniel was saying earlier, you have separate, if you go to the south, the south of Brazil is like super, it's, I feel that is a, the first world of Brazil. Everything is super organized. Like the country, the, the mayor of Florianópolis, he came to us with a plan, super structured on how we should do things. If you go to the Northeast, it's, it's a mess. It's like very poor, very unstructured, like it's very hard. That's why we are not there and we have no plans of going there because it's very hard to do business in, the re in this region. So if you compare the center of Brazil, the south, the northeast, the southeast, those are completely different. The only thing that we share is the language, but in general, like the way you do business on each part of the country is different from the other. And the laws too, no? The because laws the, as well. The yeah. states are different because we are a federation, so like the US, but we have a constitution for states and the main constitution for Brazil. So. So, so, Daniel, what's, what's your view on the variations across Latin America of doing business? Uh, to me, it's quite complicated to say because uh, we are just operating yeah, in yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I think as the countries are very big, and uh, Brazil is different because the size, like he said, because the language. The other countries, I don't know so much things to, to explain, so it's difficult to say. Yeah. Yeah, maybe another question that is interesting for you to answer because what are the opportunities or maybe the challenges for homegrown companies in Brazil to actually expand and cross borders? Because in, from my limited view, that's a relatively rare event that a company outgrows the Brazilian economy and then goes abroad. So is there something unique about Brazil that makes it difficult or are there things actually, are there opportunities that you see there? I think it's there are opportunities to, to invest in different countries in Brazil, in South America. Uh, when we establish a route uh, for, to fly, we negotiate with the, the country and establish a base, like uh, in Buenos Aires or Santiago, the countries. But it's, it's easy. But uh, it's a reciprocity. Reciprocity. When they fly, they fly to Brazil, and we fly to to the other countries. So it's a it's a regular negotiation. For Brazil, I think it's it's easy, except Argentina, because the we are fighting f with Argentina every single day. <laughs> but uh, could, could you well, could you explain that? What, what's the fight because, with Argentina? Because the soccer, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so football fo football drives everything. F football, yeah, football, soccer, is soccer. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's football where we come from. So, 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 so. They have a hard time to realize that we are better on soccer, so uh -huh. have a lot of problems. Could, could, could I just widen, widen the issue out that every country faces um, social and environmental challenges? I mean, can business in Brazil help to address those? I mean, Guy, in many respects, your, your business is dealing with the environmental challenge of moving people around in an environmental sustainable way. I mean, is business going to really help to deal with... And then there are major challenges in Brazil. There are major challenges in many, many countries of the world. Can business help to solve those big problems? That's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, when, when we started, like, scooters in Brazil, like, everybody was... You're totally insane. Because one of the things to do in Europe, in U.S., especially in terms of thefts, Everybody said, like, everybody's going to steal everything. This is not happening for a reason. 
the way we are doing business, we are doing it very close to the poor community in Brazil. Like we right now, right now we are on. 1,600 people across Latam, the majority is in Brazil, but if you look at the people, most of them are from the poor community. And we do such a great job of bringing them into the economy. Even people who we got stealing our scooters, we gave them jobs. And this has a huge impact. So right now what's going on is our theft rate is going down, not because they are not stealing, but they steal, they bring it to the, the poor communities and they send it back because people inside those communities, they support what we are doing. So I think not just in terms of generating jobs, but all the, the social products that, that we are doing on the top of our business, which I can explain in detail, like we can spend the night talking about it. It's amazing. So I really, I'm really passionate about what I'm doing because of this impact that we can make. And I think like many business can can do, uh, and you can talk about Azul that I know yes, that you guys are. Daniel. Yeah, I think that the big companies in Brazil are trying to help a uh, government to, to develop some uh, communities, some C and D classes, uh, bringing them to, to, to be a consumer in a in few years. But uh, I think that they are, the companies are starting to, to think how can they help uh, the government to, to develop the country? Responsibility in some cases, so social and uh, schools and something like that. Daniel, you, you mentioned the government there and, and there's been a, a, a new president elected um, in Brazil. Um, what do you see of the prospects in terms of the policy changes that um, President Bolsonaro will introduce? Uh, and is that going to be good for your business and perhaps more widely is that going to be good for Brazil? I think the, the social security is it's the biggest uh, problem that we have here. Could you, could you explain that to us, the social security problem? Uh, we have a, a big hole. We, we are close to the bankruptcy. For, uh, yes. It's a big, a big budget deficit you're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the numbers, 3,000 billion, something like that. That's huge. It's huge. I don't know the, the number of zeros that so we So do have. we need to tax you guys even more to try and fill that budget <laughs> deficit? That's the reason that we pay for the social security, then we pay again for the hospital, for the schools, for everything yes. in Brazil. So we are at double taxation. But uh, I think that uh, the social security is the, the main, the main uh, issue that we need to solve. And I think that in the middle of this year, it will be done. Not uh, the best for, for social security, but something in the middle. I think that in the next five years, we need to, to do it again, uh, another uh, uh, refurbishing in the social security. And um, in terms of developing, uh, the, the Ministry of Economy, they, they are good. They are thinking to develop it, to, to have a, a big five years plan, something like that for the next years. So, so you're optimistic? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Guy, you optimistic? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so, so in what way is, is the president's policies going to help you? Or your business? Or Brazil? No, the first one, like, if they don't do what Daniel just said to change this policy, like, we are going to be in bad shape and it's going to impact everything in the country. But uh, I think what I like the way he's doing now, like, 
usually politics in Brazil, if you look at the people who are occupying like strategic positions in the government, they had no idea what they are doing there. They were just there because they had some interest in common, was very corrupt. And at least right now, like you have professional people on strategic position. I don't know how it's going to play out in the long term, but that's another reason why I'm optimistic for the and the economy. Like it's reflecting on the economy already. If you look at the numbers of uh, of Bovespa, which is the 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 public stock in Brazil, like it's just going up and up because investors are and investors are mm -hmm. coming back again. And they they left, and now I feel they are coming back again because they are optimistic as well. But I think that they're waiting for the social security yeah, issue. So. Yeah. So, so I imagine that quite a few listeners would be surprised with all the optimism here because there's a lot of negative uh, buzz in, in the media around the president and what the president is doing. Do you have any, any response to that to sort of clarify your position on that? Is that something you can elaborate on? Oh, if you talk like this election was it was very complicated for the country. It literally divided the company in two. Like, I lost some friends on this election because people were, and Daniel knows what I'm talking about. But uh, I- Black or white? Yes. Yes or no? We divided the country in the middle because the last uh, 10 years of a PT, that's a- Yeah, uh, the Workers' Party in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. It was very bad for the country what they did and I don't care, like, people say that he's the Donald Trump of, I don't like Donald Trump, I don't like the things that he says, I just care about the way he's doing what needs to be done. And I haven't voted on him, but like, I think he's doing a, a great job in this, and that's why we are so optimistic, because if you look at the numbers on the economy, on the things that are about to happen, this makes us feel very comfortable. I think that they, they are trying to clean Cleaning the, the, the government, the, the second level, third level, fourth level. But when you mean clean the government, you mean issues they of are corruption? taking out the, the, cor the corruptions? Yeah, yes, the corruption yeah. and everything that was made that caused a lot of harm to the country. If you look at some of the numbers, the economy, like we could, we could be doing much better and we are not because of the level of corruption that we had over the past years. I'm just going to ask sort of one final question, which reflects on our, our, our the previous question. I mean, you, you talked about Brazil being a divided country. Um, we come from Cambridge in the UK, which is a divided country at the moment about Brexit. I mean, divisions aren't good for the stability for society, and often divisions are not good for investment and business. Um, again, reflecting on that, do you th are you still very optimistic about the Bra Brazil based on the divisions that have been apparent in the economy and society over the past 10 or 15 years? Key. Yeah, the division on some ways were not good. As I told you, like, I lost some friends along the way. It was bizarre, it has never happened. But uh, in a way, I think that it needed to be that way. And now, like, as I told you, I don't care who is in charge, it's just like the things that need to be done in Brazil, like this reform of the social security needs to be done, otherwise the country is gonna bankrupt. Corruption level, it, it reached the point where it, it, could, it could not go higher and it was causing a lot of harm, especially for the poor people. So I think the division in a way was bad because people got very angry along the way, but in another way like was good and 
the things that are going on right now are things that needed to happen. And if it wasn't for the election and all the division, everything that goes through, it would not happen. And another thing that the division is good, and I think in the UK it's happening the same, is that the, op the side who lost are the ones who are like controlling everything that the, party, that the side who won is doing, which creates a balance that I think is healthy on, over the long term. That's a very interesting issue, which we perhaps will explore later. But uh, Daniel, no, I, I agree 100% with you. Yeah. So the the, uh, the division is good. Uh, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, my my grandfather was on one of the founders of PT in Brazil yeah, yeah. in 1982, but uh, we changed the mind. Uh, so uh, I think that was very aggressive during the elections in the last year, but I think that uh, we have 32 or 36 partidos, uh, uh, so, uh, parties. parties, yes. So not like uh, US or like uh, you in UK, but I think that uh, to government, to establish a good government, you need to negotiate with this 32 or 36 uh, entities in Brazil. So, uh, but I think that uh, we are in a good, good way. Thank you very much. That's a very interesting topic and we, we will look at the prospects and look at the performance of Brazilian economy and Brazilian business very, very much so over the next few years. I'd like to thank our guests today, Daniel, Guy and Joachim. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, guys. And, thank and you, we, guys. And I hope you, you will join us again on the Cambridge Judge podcast series. Thank you very much indeed.